0: Picture your team being able to map out the external attack surface as it grows and see the same attack vectors as a hacker does. Most tools out there do asset discovery, but stop there. Enter Detectify. It takes an inventory of exposed web assets and automates vulnerability testing for security misconfigurations, expiring subdomains, and risks in third-party software. Here's the cool part. They crowdsource payloads from leading ethical hackers. It finds bugs you actually want to fix and finds them in time. Start a free two-week trial by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash Detectify. Go hack yourself. Imagine this scenario, you're out of the office unexpectedly and a colleague pings you because they need access to some system you have credentials for. Now, my listeners would never send passwords over email or Slack. But what about your coworkers? How many organizations out there are sending logins back and forth in plain text? Worse yet, how many just store all of their logins on a shared spreadsheet? Keeper Security's password management platform locks down logins, payment cards, and more in a patented zero-knowledge encrypted vault. Sign up for a Keeper free trial today. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Keeper.
1: Welcome back to Enterprise Security Weekly don't miss any of your favorite security weekly content visit securityweekly.com forward slash subscribe to subscribe to any of our podcast feeds and have all new episodes downloaded right to your phone you can also join our mailing list discord server and follow us on social media and our streaming platforms which includes youtube and twitch all right for our second interview today steve turner joins us to clear away the noise to get to the root of zero trust steve Started his career in the MSP space and worked as a practitioner across a broad set of industries from waste facilities to financial services. Uh, Steve is currently a security architect at Microsoft, but many know him, uh, including, well, I'm saying many know him, I'm including myself as many, maybe. <laughs> from his days as a Forrester analyst where uh, John Kindervag originally formalized the idea of a zero trust model and popularized it. Um, welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Adrian. Such Same here. i glad to have you here. Uh, th- this is one of those topics where there's just a lot of noise. Um, this is uh, probably one of the bigger buzzwords uh, right now this year. And in, I guess over the last couple of years, it's it's kind of just gotten ridiculous. I've, I've had data encryption products pitched to me as Zero Trust. I've had, like, like you name it, I, I've, I've seen Zero Trust shoved into every nook and cranny uh, of a product pitch.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? If you plug in, you know, what is Zero Trust or the definition of Zero Trust, you know, out on Google or, you know, pick your popular search engine... I don't think that there's a lot of top results that are going to come up that are going to give folks that are trying to actually figure out what it is and figure out how to actually implement it, you know, whether they're going to get the right results or not. It's, uh, you get a lot of ads though, for a lot of the types of vendors that you called out.
1: So um, speaking of figuring out what Zero Trust is, I hear it's a journey. And for those listening, (laughs) I... I, I, I
2: did air quote
1: things with my fingers. And yeah. Probably everybody uh, else is rolling their eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, hidden, hidden behind here, you know, that's, I can't count how many times I've heard or been pitched, you know, that it's a journey, not a, not a destination or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the thing that's most frustrating for me is, and, and I think you called it out earlier, is that a lot of the vendors that are trying to, wiggle their way into that definition and wiggle their way into underneath that umbrella of ZT, you know, the problem is, is that they're only helping to, you know, create additional noise. They're not, you know, really banging at the heart of it, which is that foundational security didn't magically disappear when zero trust came on the scene. When this word and this philosophy and this information security model, you kind of name it came onto the scene everybody just thought oh that's the new shiny thing i need to pursue you know but in actuality all of the things that maybe you're already doing wrong you know they didn't disappear those are the things that we need to pull back into the discussion and say you need to do all of those things really well in order to pursue a zero trust uh security model
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, Zero Trust almost comes with its own foundational set of technologies that you might not necessarily do if you weren't going to do Zero Trust as well. You know, I mean, it's it's um, <laughs> all you have to do is just re-architect how you do everything, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just a small thing that you're calling out there, right? It's Previously, the way that everybody approached everything was we have to protect the perimeter. We have to protect the perimeter. Everything inside is allowed to access each other, and you know everything's hunky- dory. But with more and more different types of things being introduced to organizations or companies that you know folks are working at, um, that security model didn't work anymore because once you broke through the perimeter, you could freely move within you know folks' companies and enterprises to get at the stuff that you really cared about. Now, what kind of comes to the board with zero trust is you're coming from this default deny model. But, you know, if you want to back of the, you know, back of the box quote for it, it's never trust, always verify or default deny. Um, There's a variety of different, you know, snackable items to, to describe it, but, you know, it, it definitely is shaking up for a lot of the organizations that I talked to when I was at Forrester and, and now here at, at Microsoft is a lot of folks are having a hard time grasping that because like you mentioned, it is flipping security on its head. So how do I suddenly, like when when you look at zero trust, right? The idea with the model of zero trust is that your the model is designed around high-fidelity threat detection, prevention, and response, paired with an access control framework that verifies all access requests against a baseline that companies define themselves. And most of the organizations that I've talked to don't have a good grasp on that baseline. So if they didn't have a good grasp on that baseline before, or they didn't have the information around all of the assets within their enterprise, or even a, the the bulk of them, right? Because we're not seeking perfection here. Um, It's going to be pretty hard for them to move towards zero trust when they weren't doing the foundational security pieces really well. Yeah. And I I guess the good thing
1: about um, zero trust is that you don't necessarily have to do it all at once. It doesn't have to be, you know, a giant six year waterfall project, right? Like you don't necessarily have to, um, you know fix mfa you know and introduce zero trust network access at the same time you don't have to move all your applications all at once like maybe you can you know segment one you know and 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 move one at a time right
2: yeah absolutely so i mean um you know i know we were we were joking about the journey thing earlier but you know when when you look at implementing something like zero trust when we talk about when you know, I've been driving this point home around foundational security concepts, things like getting a device inventory, uh, an identity inventory, data inventory, so on and so forth. Um, those are ways to start understanding what's within your enterprise, and then going down that path of classifying what's important to you. Like, for example, you know, I, I not not crazy about the term, but Figuring out what your crown jewels or your really sensitive assets are within your organization that if a adversary were to break into those systems or even, you know, somebody internally that's trying to do something malicious, if they took down that system, your company wouldn't be able to make money anymore. They wouldn't be able to operate. Um, And then defining what those baseline configurations are kind of across your enterprise for devices, for identities, for your data, and then applying the appropriate protections to all of that. And you can break up all of those different work streams out to different teams or different initiatives, so that you don't have to, you know, go all in to all of this. Because for organizations that I've talked to that had a very ultra security focus on all of this and didn't involve other folks, um, you know, they came back to us at least when when I was at Forrester and said you know, the zero trust thing, it failed. Like it, it didn't go well for us. People were screaming because they didn't have access to things. And they talked about the litany of buzzword bingo that they, they implemented, you know, you called out ZTNA. Um, yeah. That, that they called out all of that tech that they implemented, but they didn't have input from anybody. They didn't understand that, you know, Bob over in accounting needed to go and access these systems at these times of the day. They just said, you know what? Bob works in accounting. We know that for for the most part that these are the accounting systems. So we're just going to grant Bob to those systems and we're going to make him MFA every single freaking time that he has to access that system, regardless of what other things, because we didn't pull in any other information or signals to make a judgment on that access decision. Um, I, I think that's been the most frustrating thing is when I've talked to folks is You know, They think that they have to go and buy a whole litany of new tech, and they think that it can still just be driven as a traditional security um, project without any input from anybody else. But when you make a paradigm shift like this, the old way that you were doing things was around the way business was done before. So why wouldn't you take this whole new paradigm shift and approach it with the same lens? You're doing business in these completely different ways. So that needs to be an input into how you're implementing uh, this new model of information security.
3: Larry, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. Uh, so, uh, uh, what I understand about zero trust is really frustrating to me. You know, having done this for you know a number of years and you know, been doing podcasts for fifteen years and been in the industry a long time, to me, zero trust really feels like uh, the Jetsons promised us flying cars, and that was where we were with our networking and with our security models, you know, 15 years ago was like, oh yeah, no, we can totally do VLANs and we can do uh, layer three firewalls between VLANs so that this device can only reach this device and we can authenticate every time we do it so that we can have all of these models. And now here we are in 2022 and I'm like, where's my flying car? (laughs) <laughs> and where are all of these things implemented in the network? Like there have been feature sets that we could have implemented for 15 years, but no one's doing it. Is it because that they're too other you know, competing you know, projects, or is it that you know we're lackadaisical about what we need to do, or oh yeah, no, the, the hover engine's just over there. We just we just got to actually have the time to you know put it into the Ford. Like, is, is am I wrong? Well, the no, problem with no. flying so, cars
1: is it it was a dumb idea in the first place.
3: <laughs> first, first, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's,
1: that's my personal uh, observation. It's just a terrible but, idea.
3: But if you are going I, down to zero that, trust is far from a dumb idea.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't so I don't think you're wrong about calling it what you're calling it. You know, and and I, you know, I remember when I initially read the NIST publication around Z2 and they were requesting comments. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. Like what they are saying within this conceptual model, like when they called out the policy enforcement points, um, the policy engines, the whole nine yards. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact language, but there was one call out in there to be be able to automatically recognize threats within the, the enterprise and take the appropriate mitigations or responses to those things if we could do that previously, do you think that we would have needed something like zero trust? And and, and I think that if we, I think if we approached it in that manner, um, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to be sorely disappointed when they pursue something like this. Now, what, what I would argue is that The way that folks had been doing security up until Zero Trust kind of reached fever pitch level is that a lot of folks, you know, had been doing security through the checkbox exercise. Other than the very heavily regulated industries that had, you know, monumental security budgets where they were buying the new and shiny every time, you know, something new came out. And they had the staff, you know, that they hired left and right and, and could pay them significant sums of money. Um, you know, uh, two jobs ago, you know, I worked, um, you know, within the financial services industry, and we never got turned down for a budget request for something. And I think the reality finally set in between the ransomware attacks that are out there, um, the constant barrage of vulnerabilities. I mean, I mean, today, I think for the list and news that you guys have today, I mean, that's, that's a perfect example, right? Um, I, I, think that, I think that the way it's defined today, I totally agree with you. I think that it's very unicorn-esque and very flying car-esque where I think that we can't realize the true vision completely with what we have. And that's where I take problem with when I see all these definitions out there, they talk about this idea of continuous verification of something. I don't know of any solutions out there that can actually deliver on that promise. It's, there's always going to be time gaps because they're pulling in information from a whole litany of other, um, other systems. There's o- always going to be gaps because they don't support you know, a specific operating system. They don't support integration with a whole bunch of other um, tooling that you have within, enter- within your enterprise. And then I'm not even gonna like bring OT or IOT into the picture because that comes with this whole subset of other issues that you we really can't, you know, fully realize the unicorn vision that that ZT was defined on. Now that being said, you know, taking away the doom and gloom for a second, like from from kind of what I just you know spouted here. I think that the big thing that Zero Trust does and, and the, the wild support that it has from like governments across the world and, and, and now it kind of like has teeth across the board and is driving other legislation that's out there. I think that it drives a lot more innovation and a lot more purpose behind getting to what they've actually defined around CT, whether you want to pick a vendor definition or you know, something from somebody like NIST. Hey
4: Steve, Steve. Let me jump. Let me jump in there real quick. I have a question that follows on that. Uh, you specifically said vendor definition. What's your take? So, um, FYI, I don't think you know anything about my background. I'm a former analyst at Forrester. I worked with Kinderberg for a number of years, so I'm pretty pretty familiar with this space as well. Um, what's your take on vendors saying, "Hey, we're the latest ZT company"? Like, if if zero tolerance is a um, there's zero trust, zero tolerance. Well, I guess it's zero tolerance too. <laughs> that, anyway. that was a fun slip. <laughs> yeah, it was. Roll it was a that. drinking slip. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with that one. Uh, if if zero tolerance, aka zero trust, is truly a um if it's a situation where it's like, hey, we're not gonna trust anything that's occurring in the environment, trust but verify, all of those things. Is it really a product? This is always something that has bothered me ever since the days I worked with John directly as his peer. I always wondered, it's a theory, it's a concept, it's a unicorn, it's a great idea, but what do you say about the companies that are doing, hey, we're the next ZTX?
2: Yeah, so that's something that I've always, so so. I published a bunch of blogs when I was at Forrester about that exact thing that you're calling out, um, and it's also awesome to meet another uh, former analyst, so I think that the biggest thing that I take issue with there is there's a very big difference between a vendor saying that what they're offering enables a very specific piece of realizing that zero trust vision versus the thing that they're selling is zero trust and that's why you should buy into it. Um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna stay kind of like above the fold here and I'm not gonna call out any names, but. There are vendors out there that say, you go and buy our whole portfolio of things and you will be zero trust. Or, you know, you go and buy, it's especially prevalent in the SASE and ZTNA space. I would call out that specific space where folks left and right are saying that if you buy this, you will be zero trust. I think that, you know, anybody who's worked in the security industry for any amount of time, you know, several years, probably at a minimum. I think can see it through that with their BS meter, right? We've all lived in the security industry long enough to know that. Pick your buzzword. I mean, the same thing is happening for for pretty much any acronym that's you know kind of the latest thing on the scene at the moment, where you know we can see through the BS and see what our actual requirements are. You know, the requirements is that we want a solution that's going to take input from a whole bunch of different sources and allow us to make a. Uh, concrete access decision and evaluate that in some sort of repeatable model and and change the access decision if the telemetry changes or the metadata changes. Um, but I hate when I, I hear a vendor that says they are zero trust because yeah. When when I was at Forrester and you know uh, any of our clients would come to us and ask us about something but about a specific vendor. And you know, talking to me because it was specifically you know around ZT, you know, I'd find out that they bought into that promise, into that false promise, and found out that the solution didn't deliver on the thing that even truly isn't a thing hundred percent yet. Um, and you know, again, it was from those yeah. spaces that I called out the the sassy ZTNA spaces where. People took advantage of folks during the pandemic. They took advantage of folks when they were in dire need and said, you can kill two birds with one stone by buying this solution mm-hmm. and rip out your VPNs and rip out whatever remote access things you had. And you'll be well down the path towards zero right. trust.
4: Yeah, and I'm going to, I'm going to, i up
2: and replacing them?
4: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to throw my own two cents in here in a similar way. And, and goose, I don't know if you have the hot take uh, imagery available quickly, cause this is a hot take. I don't like ZT. I don't think it's I don't think it's a valid um you know m- it's a message, it's not a market and that's what drives me nuts about mm-hmm. um about ZT in a general sense. Like I can say we deliver on ZT concepts, we deliver on ZT values. We are not a ZT product. Like it's like saying, I- "Hey, we are we are your DevOps product." No, you're not. The pipeline I've built is my DevOps product It consists of six different products. There's nobody that rolled that up or unified that. That's a a concept or a theory. And I think it's a similar thing that we're seeing with, uh, uh, with ZT in a general sense, right? It's like that's a theory. It's a concept. It's a unicorn. And we can understand and deliver value to that vision. And I'm all for that. And I think we should message around that as vendors. But to say I am your one-stop ZT shop is never going to get there. It's not
2: realistic. I, I completely agree with you. I don't. I don't even think that that's a spicy take. I, I just I think that that's the reality. I, I really think that's the reality. That's that's there the problem, go. right? There like that's the 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 problem at the end of the day is folks are so confused still about the whole messaging behind this. I mean, NIST said that they were putting together uh, a bunch of reference architectures, working with a whole vendor consortium, um, but those still aren't published, so people don't know what they're building. yet. Right. They, they know that they need to get better in all of these areas. And so every vendor with tons of marketing dollars out there is coming in and saying, we're a zero trust platform. We're a zero trust this, that, and the other thing. It's like where what you just yep. called out is exactly representative of what's happening. Yeah,
4: I'm sure this will eventually get back to, uh, to KinderVog and he'll say, hey, Tyler, I thought we were friends. But hey, the reality here <laughs> is I, I, I've always struggled to believe in, in, uh, in zero trust as, as a product. Zero trust, trust is a wonderful concept that people need to deliver on. So yeah, I definitely agree with you in that regard. And I, I wish vendors would stop attaching themselves to it as a product that delivers that as an item.
1: So yeah, just before we jumped on here, uh, I, I spotted on LinkedIn this this thing that KinderVog is doing uh, for the zero uh, the demo forum is the name of it. I've never heard of it before, but they're doing a zero trust demo forum, and they've got this massive um, like mind map of zero trust technologies, and it's it's basically all of infosec. That's yeah.
4: interesting (laughs) twist on that for you. Interesting twist on that for you. Um, Jupiter one is part of the demo forum for cloud security. Um, Uh And uh, they reached out to us and asked which of the ZT uh, areas Jupiter one delivered on. I haven't responded to the email because I'm not really sure how to you know really position that in a way i feel comfortable with but you're right ct in a general sense it, it's it, that's my point right like every product delivers on every every zt image it's like i'm just not i'm not i'm not jumping on board with that positioning and messaging in a general sense for any vendors at this point so
1: you know in interest, interesting interestingly um you know, one of my first uh, introductions to Zero Trust was the Beyond Core presentation that uh, the Google folks gave. And what really struck me about that, and it's only like a 40-minute video that they gave back in—I uh, forget what year it was. It was uh, early 2010s. Um, certainly after the the Aurora incident, which I think was one of the the things that kind of kicked them down that that path, um, or or hurried them down that path, but. Like, first two or three years, they were just trying to figure out what employees had access to or needed access to. So it was all just, uh, like, getting a good directory with uh, authorization, you know, under, understanding what everybody should be authorized for, mapping that to roles and stuff like that. Like, I, maybe there's products out there that can help with that, you know, but it's it just seemed to me like there's all this internal work Just getting your shit together that you've got to do before you even start looking at products.
4: Yeah, and so I'll I'll throw a couple of different uh, additional takes on top of that, right? So back when when ZT um, Zero Trust first came out, we were not yet in the era of cloud-centric, API-driven, automated everything engineering when it comes to security engineering. We are now entering that era. Right now, So in the old, old world, I'll put that in quotes because it's like, what, eight years ago? Not even. Um, In that kind of old world, it was impossible to deliver. I do think we can get closer to a zero trust. And for what it's worth, I will call it zero tolerance, like all afternoon. um, But a zero trust model and concept in a more programmatic approach today than we could have ever before, which is opening up opportunities for a company to potentially actually deliver on that vision of value. But reality, what is that? Um, I'm invested in a company called Permisso Security, which is really dancing around understanding all accesses, all, you know, what accesses, what at any given time, what those authentications, authorizations, and accesses look like in a continuous way tracking it, at least for a certain subset of of technologies, let's say your cloud security provider or your cloud service provider. Um, If you can do that in that mode, that's maybe and i'm going to put this in air quotes because i will never tell them to go you know market themselves as a zt for for cloudsec but if they can do that and access and track properly every access every authentication authorization bump in security level creation new account in that world i do believe that it does fundamentally take it to the point where cybersecurity can be delivered very very richly in that in that space Right now, the problem is if they say they're a ZT company for everything cloud, like that, that goes way beyond what they could possibly do today because you have SaaS, you have you have you know cloud apps you're building, you have DevOps pipelines, there's way more to it than just that, and that's why I think we're getting closer to it. But I think we're at least, you know, as far as that vision is concerned, if it can ever be achieved at all, a decade or two out.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the one of the most important parts of everything, right, is is that core tenant of like assuming breach and being able to readily detect badness within somebody's environment, I, I think that's the unicorn right there, right? We, you, you called it out. So the movement to the cloud has made segmentation, isolation, um, privilege management, all of those things significantly easier. Um, because back when, you know, Kendervog came up with the concept, Um, you know he talked about segmentation gateways and that whole idea of like having to slap in firewalls wherever you could in order to segment your environment and enable things to be authenticated authorized and verified you know across your environment there's a ton of tech and software that has been introduced that makes all of that significantly easier Um, but I think again you know when it comes to the analytics piece of all of this I just don't think we're there I mean we, we look at the news every other day, there's some supply chain attack headline and how we need to p- protect the supply chain. And, you know, there's some new open source library that's been, you know, vulnerability has been discovered around. We don't, you know, I'm going to go back to the foundational security pieces. We don't have a good grasp of what we're running within our organizations. We don't have a good idea of what things we depend on in order to be able in, in order for our businesses to be able to deliver on whatever thing they're they're responsible for um so i think that you know again you know coming away from the very unicorn concept that is you know true true zt you know i think that zt is at least driving that conversation around a lot of those things um, because it's helping folks understand that okay I actually do need to know what libraries are pretty critical, you know, within the apps that I've designed within my enterprise, so that I know what I'm vulnerable to at the end of the day. Or I need to know what third-party suppliers, you know, are sub-processors of the SaaS services that I'm utilizing, and make sure that I put in the appropriate protections where I can to isolate the blast damage of when they're inevitably breached, because whole concept of assuming breach is, is very well baked into um, the zero trust security model. But I'm just really, really interested to see because the one fundamental thing that I haven't seen everybody do really, really well is pull in all of the metadata and telemetry around all of the different things within your environment to even make the appropriate access decision. Um, they're pulling in very, very small pieces of it. And I don't think that that's representative of the full picture.
1: Yeah, um, and, and and that's how we see a lot of bad guys get in. You know, if you look at um, you know how breaches happen, you know, absolutely, it's it's people logging in with other people's credentials. You know, and, and in hindsight, you can see ways that maybe that access decision could have been made differently. Um, but to your point, there's a lot of context, a lot of signal that you got to bring together and. You know, figure out how to automate that that kind of thing. Like it's something banks have been doing forever. It's why banks were kind of slow to adopt uh, MFA because they they had this huge investment in fraud detection behind the scenes. You know, basically detecting. Um, you know, kind of an analogy to what we're trying to do here, except for them, it was specifically on um, on uh, transactions. Uh, you know, moving money around, stuff like that, wire transfers, but. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So as we wrap up here, um, Steve, I want to talk about where this, you know, what what we can kind of latch on to to help us, uh, help, help guide us through this. Because Zero Trust covers a lot of different things and we don't even have one standard or one definition of it. But it seems like, um, you know, we were talking before, uh, you know, that there is some good guidance out there. So... It seems like one of the most important things before you even start messing with ZT is, is to you know, kind of make a, make a plan, learn what all those different components are, uh, and, and what good resources are out there for that.
2: Yeah, so there's some awesome resources now that, that are available for a lot of folks to understand where they need to level up. You know, in order to make ZT a reality within their organization. So one of them, and, and I think a lot of them are actually called out in some of the, the show notes for today, but you know, yeah. I'd say that NIST yeah. and OMB have done a fantastic job of putting together maturity models. They've put together very concrete documentation about what zero-trust architectures look like. Um, so you can use that as a template to start building whatever your ZT strategy is Um, as you move towards a zero-trust architecture. Um, One of the most awesome pieces, or or two of the most awesome pieces that I've come across, has been the UK uh, national cybersecurity guidance uh, that they have up on GitHub, talking about foundationally the different areas that you need to dial into, and what types of configurations you need to worry about, what types of technologies are at play to collect the telemetry that you care about, And then kind of hand in hand with all of that, um, you know, I'd also call out the DOD reference architecture. That's a bit of a beast. Um, I think that uh, several folks that I've talked to who have pulled that up um, now that that's kind of been uh, declassified and, and made publicly available is they kind of get turned off to the whole concept immediately because... I think that the reference architecture ra- lays out the true picture. It lays out all of the technologies, all of the telemetry that you need to be pulling in, uh, a lot of the true concepts that you need to dial into in order to make ZT somewhat of a reality, at least you know with, with the technologies that we have available. And then the last place that I want to call out is um, Microsoft has publicly available documentation um, that's vendor agnostic that talks about how you can mature different areas within your organization, whether that's your identity posture, your endpoint posture, um, you know, dialing into things around automation and orchestration, or you know that overall response when um, threats are detected, you know, within your company. But all of those resources have bits and pieces that folks can pull in to craft a real zero trust strategy, and then ultimately craft the zero trust architecture that they want to go against. And and the one thing that I want to call out that I think a lot of people struggle with and I got this question literally all the time when I was a Forrester analyst is it doesn't have to be a decision between a platform or a best in breed solution to realize your zero trust dreams and hopes. You can pick one or the other. There are plenty like The technology world has evolved enough that if you pick a platform, you can still pick a bunch of different best-in-breed solutions to meet your business's needs and easily integrate those two things together. But you can also take a whole litany of different point solutions, and they will easily integrate together, at least for the major players that are out there. So don't let that turn you off or paralyze your, your decision whenever you're pursuing this goal of moving towards zero trust you know, it shouldn't be down to that. It should really be all the way back to what are you trying to achieve and then picking the right solutions for your company to achieve the goals that you've set in motion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah. And all these links, uh, as you mentioned, Steve, we we do have posted on the show notes. We're, we're having a little trouble updating the show notes right now, um, but even on the version that's there right now, all the links are there. Uh, you can find them at uh, securityweekly.com forward slash ESW267. And uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us on Enterprise Security Weekly today. This is a topic I've, I've been wanting to to kind of have a frank discussion on for for a while. You know, any, any area where things just get so messy and noisy i i I feel like we just need to clear the air
2: and and have a frank discussion vendor free frank discussion (laughs) guys thanks so much for having me it was a pleasure being here
1: we'll be right back in a few moments with the weekly enterprise news